Off the ball's the best, number one. It's the GOAT of sports apps. Talk about the greatest of all time. Big Joe's the greatest of all time. He's the GOAT. We know it. <laughs> I, I'm going to say right. I'm the Djokovic of this scenario. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Download the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball. Delighted to say a treat for us all now. Tommy Welch is live in studio. Morning, Tommy. How are things? Good morning, Shane. Putting us to shame with the suit as well, Jesus. I mean, what a man. If we'd known, if we'd known myself and Nathan could have at least put an effort in. We, you never do, Nathan, I know, but... It's still uncalled for again, isn't it? There's a lot of, <laughs> lot of cheap shots Pretty here. Off. See, I was getting an awful lot of abuse from, from Nathan and the crappy quiz on Friday, so just taking my opportunity. I won it, so him. that, you know... Revenge. He did, he, he won it. Uh, how are you keeping, Tommy? Yeah, great. It's great, you're listening. Coming up to probably the biggest weekend in hurling, bar the All-Ireland final, like the semi-final since the... I suppose the provincials have turned into a round robin, have been probably epic, you know, and um, really looking forward to this weekend. I'd say our first one was probably 2018, mm. Limerick's first. Um, Cork semi-final. You know, the, the Cork semi-final, when they're down by six or seven points, only a couple of minutes to go, and how those probably eight minutes oh. changed the history of Hurling, like, you know. And so that's what we're heading into, hopefully another great weekend in Hurling. How have you found the championship so far, generally speaking? I thought, to be honest, Shane's an outstanding championship. And, you know, I suppose it was all kind of the Munster Championship versus the Leinster Championship, mm-hmm. really, for, for so long. But if you take each of them in their own right, the Munster Championship never lets you down. Like, you know, um, you go back down to the to the game between Cork and Tipperary, Tipperary, Clare. You could pick any of them. I was lucky enough um, that I was at the one, the Limerick and Clare one, down in the Gaelic Crowns. Mm-hmm. And, like, that was old school championship hurling. It was just, it had the feel of, if you lose, you're gone. And even though you weren't gone out of the championship, it was a derby. And yeah. um, it just felt every much like that. And we were treated into, normally them games, they're intense. You know, there's not much going on, only hard hitting and that. But there was extraordinary hurling in it as well. Like, So you had the best of both worlds. And you'd loan up and down the sideline, like, you know, like Lucknan with his white runners those many years ago. <laughs> just commanding like you know and the whole crowd like got some feeling that night of the love and appreciation and honour and respect the clear supporters and players had for Law on that day and the whole place was in it together and listen they won that day Limerick got back to revenge in the Munster final and um, on they go now to the semi-finalist champions again and won the, the Munster for the for the five in a row, the only team outside of Cork, in my knowledge, to do it, mm. which is extraordinary for that group of players, you know, and mainly the same group of players that's doing it. They're not bringing through, you know, new guys every year or anything. Like, you know, it's nearly 12, roughly around 12, and that in a couple then, uh, in and out then uh, every year, depending on, on who's injured or who's in farm. Um, and then, like, you know, the Leinster Championship is, you know, not received there. the same. It, it's <laughs> there. Oh, the, it, final, the final was good. The final was good, right? Mm. But if you do go back and look at um, like the big argument a couple of weeks ago on the Sunday game was, what are we doing to promote hurling? And it's grand, we have the glory days, but like Antrim and Westmead in, in the Leinster Championship, mm. like you talk to anyone in, in, in the hurling hotbeds, blowing Clonkill or Raharney or up in Antrim in the Glens, like that are obsessed and love hurling every bit as much as anyone in Kilkenny or Cork or Tipperary or Limerick. They deserve their day in the sun. And listen, if it leads to a few matches that are a bit lopsided in that, but if they're happy that's promoting hurling up there, we want that to happen. 
and we seen today Westmead went on and beat Wexford like nobody you couldn't predict that mm-hmm. and um, go back to the to, to the underage setups with Westmead it didn't come out of nowhere Westmead Beckley Kenny in under 21 championship not so long ago when Eddie was over them and um, nobody saw that coming so it didn't come from, from nowhere so 16 point turnaround that was brilliant the, the, the day down in, in Wexford Park as well when Wexford had to win yeah. to, you know, to ensure that they're in the Lee McCarthy Cup next year like that was an extraordinary day. Now I wasn't at a christening course that day myself. I missed it, but you know, mother and father down there, a lot of people I know were down there asking about like the atmosphere, like the sang bull of oak before it, just to you know bring in the the atmosphere and the tradition and the history of Wexford Ireland. And you know, I thought I'd do a bit of work down Wexford, like that meant an awful lot to them. And you mm-hmm. listen to the radio interviews, Tom Dempsey and these guys on the radios, like you know, very emotional. And so on both sides. Uh, Leinster and Munster they both offer different things uh, Shane and go on into the, to, 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 to the last one Tony Kelly like <laughs> not hurl the middle and score 3-4 yeah. <laughs> yeah. like, who's amazing. your favourite hurler to watch? to watch now uh, I love Hegarty <laughs> <laughs> I would tell you Dickie Kenny like you know for Kenny I love Mullen Adrian Mullen I suppose I've been watching all the Mullins since they're, they're, they're young chaps like but with Adrian you know he's that whole Ballyhale craft and toughness and fitness but the skill and just a, a joy to watch as well and sure but Hegarty from 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 Limerick is, is, is somebody like you know and especially with the criticism mm. and the, the scrutiny that's <laughs> because I just know from playing the game like you go in to get the ball like sometimes you know the hurl get you know mm. it's go on what <laughs> things <laughs> can happen yeah well I'm saying you go for the ball like it's just, like there's so many variables like when you're going for it it's not like soccer where there's the one ball in your foot like you can't slide tackle obviously in soccer anymore like, mm. you know it's a red card but mm. hurling's nearly gone to the point where if you you go for a tackle and you miss it you know um, remember um, Cork there a couple of years it was that game no it was against Waterford I'd say the year in 2000 maybe 17 when um, Damien Kelhan went for, for, for a tackle and just was sidestepped and next minute I got I think he got a second yellow and mm. I just felt that's not the, you know that's not the way because like, just when you're watching hurling, it looks terrible on television and that. But when you're in the game, you go full blooded for, for the ball, and sometimes you know you miss the ball. Yeah. And that shouldn't mean huge scrutiny with you know slow down cameras and because it can look terrible. Like you make that look terrible. But listen, Hegarty anyways will be one guy. Um, Galan at the moment does mm. the best hurler in the country. I think um, he's just unmarkable at the moment. So if any of us beat Limerick, I think you will have to mark Galan. A uh, couple of things on that, just on Hegarty. So there's been quite a few incidents over the last couple of years, quite a few red cards. Like the one that happened this year, and the just the ferocity of the show, the way he went into that tackle. As much as you want that physicality, does he, with that scrutiny that he's under, does he not need to change his approach to the game? Is he not putting his team potentially at risk when managers are clearly watching them, or referees are clearly watching them? Yeah, well, about the the, the tackles that's been putting Hegarty for the ball, mm. I would say. Like you know, like you see, it's it's tough and forwards these days, Nathan. Um, like, like you know, like say you take twenty years ago, you were you were told, forget about the referee, you look after yourself. So corner back, wing back, they're always up, maybe shoving you in the back, pulling your jersey, you know, maybe off the ball stuff that nobody can see. And um, like it, the referee, umpires don't really get involved. Like you know, it's mainly down to to, to the referee, and he can't see everything. He only has he only has two eyes. So. Like, what does a forward do? Like, you know, um, you can't, 
you know, hit hit a fella dig back anymore because so you get a red card. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So like all the if you're in you know, and you never see a, a back in a red card for shoving a ladder, pulling his jersey or digging him. So like, you know, Hegarty went you know, he was a little bit late and that jostled down and it was on the sideline, it just happened to be in front of the, the bench which made it look a lot worse. But um, you know, there's probably has to be a bit of protection for the forwards as well that are suffering these off the ball, you know, like off the ball challenges if you like, but and you that's why I I find you see there's a lot more diving nowadays. Do you ever see you know when a fella gets a yeah. bit he's down holding his but he's probably he, he has no other choice really because he can't hit the lad back like you know the, you can't do that. Yeah. So you're a red card. So I I just have a lot of sympathy for forwards nowadays. I was probably the back doing that forwards for years, but you seen the diving? They were able to give it back to me, so it was all water. Has the diving creeped in slowly, or or was that something that, that existed when you were a player, but just maybe oh, less less so? Never existed, Shane. But like, never existed back then. Like, but there was no Ricards really back then, unless you did something, you know, that was <laughs> deserving. Of, yeah, <laughs> deserving of a Ricard, like you know. So, so you 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 your sense is that the diving has crept in because forwards have to try and get it's the only way they can get the defenders punished yeah I don't think there's any protection for them like um, you know and you know you can't have six referees like a, an American football game either mm. listen you're just looking at a free taking competition so mm. listen that's just their way the game will evolve to again and, and on they'll go but um, no listen I'd have no like, I don't think there's any issues in the game at the moment like there's always talks about rule changes and we'll change this we'll change that Hurling is epic at the moment like you know, why would you change anything? You hear people saying there's too many scores, but that's kind of an argument that has, I guess, been around the, the, the weight of the slitter and stuff as well. Yeah, well, scores are probably doubled probably in the last probably 15, 20 years, but I think that's more to do with the ping in the ball. Like, like people say the game, the ball hasn't changed. The, the ball has changed. Like, if you play the game, the ball has changed. Like, the ping, yeah, the weight might be the same. If you, you hit a ball now, you can glide the ball over on the run from 60, 70 yards. Like, you know, beforehand you'd have to give it your almighty 100% Johnny McMahon effort mm. to score the ball from 80 yards, lads, you know, so the ping and the ball has changed, like, uh, as in... I think Patrick Horgan actually said, he was on with us recently, and, he, and, and he, Horgan said, like, the ball has improved in the last year or two, because he, he remembers a couple of years ago even hitting freeze, and he wasn't exactly sure, what, you know, he was hitting it the usual way, but he wasn't exactly sure where it was going to go trajectory-wise, but now, you know, it's pure, and you can actually... 60, 70 metres you can exactly tell where it's going to go so players have clearly got to, got to grips with the new slitter it's, it, it's one of the things that I guess was was an issue in the last couple of years well yeah and you see when you got the ball in the half back lane full back lane you gave it an almighty effort it went in as far as the full back you know the, mm. the, the, the full forward line we'll say and then the action off it went again there a good full forward versus good full back and so on and so forth so that's where you're seeing a lot more when they give it the almighty effort now it's gone wider over the bar you were saying we were saying before we started the the build up to the semi finals feels maybe a little quieter than it, than it usually does. Like it's Wednesday, Galway Limerick on Saturday, you've Clare Kilkenny on Sunday. It doesn't feel like All Ireland semi final week. Maybe it's because there were four All Ireland quarterfinals in the football last weekend that we're still digesting, and also that as you were saying, Nathan, there hasn't been much in the line of media. There's not even looking at the papers today, and uh, maybe I've missed a couple, but like Pat Horgan has been interviewed in all the papers talking about TJ Reid <laughs> so they're trying to get players from the counties that have been knocked out to talk about the four counties that are still in it mm. to make a story from what I'm aware I don't think any of the four counties uh, did any media at all ahead of this and again I'm sure everyone watches going tough lads it's not about ye but 
just for people trying to get excited about this to get to know a little bit more about the players I know Kilkenny you saw uh, and still do a great final press night and they get everyone down to Langton's and uh, you get the bit of steak and all that down there and uh, <laughs> Cody would have the chat and you'd get five or six players as well but uh, it does feel as though and it's not just hurling hurling and football they're not helping themselves with the lack of access to players at the moment yeah definitely I suppose they're afraid of so much going on the, the, the media and social media is now they're probably trying to protect their players and that they feel that's their duty like um you look at say John Kiley like this weekend there is so much to promote like John Kiley I see he's been in 12 finals 12 national finals hasn't lost one mm. he's trying to get to the All-Ireland final again to make it 13 out of 13 Henry Shefflin over Galway like Shefflin has won oh, 10 All-Irelands as a player he's won 3 or 4 club All-Irelands as a player he's won 2 club All-Ireland finals as a manager He's be, like I wonder is he trying to become the first manager to win as a player and as a manager uh, an all Ireland club and an all Ireland senior inter-county mm. like, that's incredible stuff to just do. so he'll have it over Cody <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah sure Cody probably has it all except for an all Ireland winning club as a manager so that'll tell you how, <laughs> how it is that photo um, of, of Cody like the, was it the Leinster final when Kenny got the last minute goal he's in the crowd giving an absolute load oh, brilliant I don't think I'd ever seen Brian Cody smile that much yeah it was uh, well that was an amazing day you know for because it was so dramatic yeah like you were up eight points in the Leinster final Galway bring it down they had the ball in the safest place of all time was in the corner underneath the, the Davin stand and you couldn't see a goal coming from it and Killian Buckley then who was defender for most of his career gets the chance and slots it lovely into the corner and like I said to the lads I was working on that game as well I say thank God it wasn't live because <laughs> you know it would have been like local radio and um, you could see that I think emotion in all the Kilkenny people that day and the supporters but ah yeah Cody was always a great man to celebrate a win like you know he he never shied away from you look at him after any of his All-Ireland victories yeah before that he kept it calm enough because the ultimate goal was to win the All-Ireland but when he won All-Ireland he was a great man to, to show his emotions and um, absolutely unreal and you know sure listen that's what we're looking into to, to, to Saturday Galway and Limerick um, could be historic can you see it going any Anyway, other than a than a Limerick victory, I guess the the question is you mentioned Galan, like he, Galway can't really allow Galan to score one four inside, and expect to go on and win the game. Is Dahi Burke the man you put on Galan, or how do you how do you marshal yeah. it? I'd probably leave Garrod in on it. Like right. I wouldn't change around the team at this stage. Garrod, I know he was taken off the last day, but sometimes if you had a poor game the first day, so his the All Ireland quarter final, you're revved up. There's no needs to talk to you at all in the next two weeks because you'll have your own self in hall already. And I'd say Garrod McInerney knowing him and knowing the way he's been playing over the last couple of years, he will be absolutely now he'll need plenty of support from his um from uh, from his defenders, uh Di Burks and and uh Park Mannion with him and Joseph Cooney because you never defend on your own. Like JJ Laney you saw always say that with us, like you don't ever defend on your own, you're always defending with someone. And that's the sign of the great defences that they defend together. So if McInerney is in there, when that ball breaks, he'll need his cornerbacks, he'll need his wing backs hoovering in around him. But uh, it is it is an incredible task what he, what he has to take on. He has to take on um, Galan. I'd leave out Dahi Cinder back, you know, try and shore up the the middle. But listen, Galwick can they beat can they beat Limerick? Like they're the one team that have always beaten favourites in semi finals. Mm-hmm. Like you go back to zero one when Kilkenny were the all conquering team two thousand and they won the Leinster final again in two thousand. But well, you know, and they shocked Kilkenny in that semi final. 
and um, you know Richie Murray out midfield they gave it loads in the in the throwing before the game uh, Eugene Clune in a goal with with a, you know I think it was a kick into the back of net Kevin Broderick the solo and ball over over the Kenny defender's head like they're a brilliant team in semi-finals they're afraid of no one in semi-finals mm-hmm. even go back to 0-5 the only other in semi-final our team lost was that 0-5 one against Galway and she- Shefflin said after the last game he's waiting for the team to spark well they, they sparked in 0-5 <laughs> and they have often sparked in semi-finals um, 0-15 go back to 15 when uh, the, the, the Tipperary the great Tipperary team of the Callanans and Noel McGrath and that they were half favourites in that final Galway turned them over again in 17 Tipperary All-Ireland champions so they have history they have history and they want to hang in there I was listening to Skehill on the hurling pod a couple of weeks ago making the point you know people sort of talk about uh, Galway at times as if there's some sort of mental weakness and that they collapse like if actually if you look at as you go through their championships over the last decade even generally it's one score one score they're there right till the bitter end so they can hang on in there and maybe just like it's a bit of confusion as to where Limerick are obviously Declan Hanna been out injured there's been a few injuries Keane Lynch still not sure as to exactly where he is and like is there a pressure of the four in a row like when you think back to 2009 and Kilkenny getting the four in a row was that a was that a ye coming back to the pack or was that tip catching up yeah well I definitely think in zero four. um it was hugely intense when we were going for the three in a row. That time you couldn't do a three in a row. Mm. If, if, if you remember that time, like to do a two in a row was, was an amazing feat. So to do it a three in a row was like going to be historic. And definitely zero four that year. The whole year was like Limerick's year this year. It was tough. You were fighting against the fight all year long. And eventually Cork Blue was away in the mm. All-Ireland final. Just, I think it was a 17 points to nine. Just kind of a cakewalk nearly near the end really like you know the whole fight I wouldn't say the fight was gone out but the freshness was definitely gone and Limerick have been like that so far now the only thing for Limerick is it happened so early in the season like they were flying it in the league suddenly they went through that round robin so have they had four weeks now to just freshen up remember John Kiley was talking about you know giving them a week off and then we'll get going for the mm-hmm. semi-final like he is the master of psychology um, but like, freshness is, isn't something you can fake Oh, absolutely not. But if they did take a week off, and you know, possibly took it easy, like the pressure. When you talk about freshness, is yeah. that a is that a physical thing or a mental thing? It's mostly mindset. It's a um, in in my view. Like remember, um, Bill Hensey used to play for Tullerone. He was on the Kenny team in the you know ninety two, ninety three, and, and a couple of years at ninety one as well. A couple of years after that, but the great Willie O'Connor used to say to him that time, "You'd rather be fresh than fit," <laughs> and he's huge. <laughs> you know, because when you're when you're fresh, you're hungry. You'd go off. You'd win a ball you shouldn't win. The ball'd be there, and you'll do. You'll put in your foot. You'll put in your hand. You'll put in your head. I remember Larry Murphy in the was it the ninety six or ninety seven Leinster final. Was it Jerry Canning or on the lad said during the game watching it? Larry Murphy you put in his head, or other lads wouldn't put their hurl. You know, that's freshness. Mm. That's hunger. That's savagery, and. That's what you need when you come because usually when you get to semi-final stage and final stage, there's not much between the teams and it could be that one. Like you take Limerick and all their greatness and all their all-conquering team, they win a lot of matches, be a point or two. Mm. So one lad putting in his head where another lad put, wouldn't put his hurl could turn them over, you know. And I thought Claire did that earlier on in the year because eventually they only ended up wouldn't be a point or two. So it could be that one tackle. Like people always say about the mistakes, Jesus, we didn't make that mistake. Mistakes happen. And if you, if you don't go for it you won't ever make mistakes but it could be the ball that we'll say if you if you think of the ball that you go for not the mistake that you make but if I had to win for that ball 
a diving block maybe or a, a flick or went for you know uh, follows your man instead of not following him that one time that could be the difference in turning over a team so um, yeah listen will Limerick have that the weekend who knows they've dealt with a lot of controversies this, you know red cards yellow cards injuries huge amount of long term injuries over the, over the time possibly maybe the likes of like I've been down with a couple of just superstars Sean Finn Keane Lynch will be two of them mm. Finn is out Keane Lynch is you know hasn't been playing lately um, so they could have huge impacts on the Ooh. team when you're talking about freshness and, and, and even mental freshness Tommy like, do you, so do you mean like I guess when there's a one week gap between matches you're, you're straight back onto the training pitch for recovery and all the rest on the Monday or Tuesday no time to really relax whereas maybe if you have a two week break you can have a couple of pints on the Saturday night or Sunday night or maybe the takeaway on the Sunday night as well and, and not feel too bad about it is, just, is it that opportunity to, to park it and remove yourself from from the game that you mean yeah I think two weeks is probably short as well right. Shane so you're probably more looking at three weeks yeah um, two weeks is still short um, th- 2000 and I'd say it was 13 I think it was 13 we played um, Dublin in Port Leash and um, no it was 12 the year Galway Bez in the Linster final we were absolutely psyched for I think Dublin were after beating us the league final the year before so we still had that kind of hanging over us uh, up in the league final bet as well Andy Daly was over him so we had Port Dublin and Port Leash in the Leinster semi-final year after 2012 and they were um, you know people were starting to tip him to, to, to beat us so we were absolutely you know on the money for not two weeks I'd say six months waiting <laughs> for this game and um, we you know absolutely I'd say played over skins that day the Leinster final was two weeks later and we weren't ready for it. Mm. Galway blew us out of, out of the water. So I would say probably three, four weeks. And that's why I would, I would give Limerick the chance of freshness coming back. Is it four weeks since the Munster final? That's a, that's a week off. And then probably two weeks of you know in-house games. And then this week probably freshen off again. So I give him... This, this four weeks could have been huge to the freshness of Limerick. Can it be too big a gap for Limerick? Not if you have a great team and a great panel because you can have great matches in training. I think the four or five week break, six week break, if you rewind back to the Munster champions over the years, they used to suffer. They used to win a Munster final for the first time in years. They'd have a six week break to the semi final and they'd get beaten. But the, the teams with the great panels, I felt, had a much bigger advantage because you would have them challenge matches against players that were just as good, if not better, than the starting team mm. in training. Like if you know, if you look at this Limerick team at the moment, we'll say, you know, they're marking subs that you know, Keane Lynch, you know, these guys, Richie English, you know, so the subs are brilliant. All Peter Casey on and off, um, you know, Graham Mulcahy. So you can imagine marking them lads in training. You're getting ready for it all day, probably for the two days previous, just to have a great day in training. So the teams with the big panels have a huge advantage in that sense. And I'd say Galway do have a good panel this year. Clear of a very good panel. You know, you have, you have guys on and off that. Ian Galvin's on and off the team, you know. Um, you know, great backs in there. You know, Flanagan and Sean Amore. The lads on and off that field. So I think the four teams left in it have good panels. Can I just ask you one last thing on uh, Limerick then and the way they set up with, you know, you talk about the superstars. Declan Hannon is like the steady Eddie in that team. Like yeah. the captain... Guaranteed eight out of ten minimum in every game. Who replaces Hannon? So Hannon, I would imagine you won't change around your team too much. So I'd say um, probably Colin Collum will will come in. Um, I'd say centre back. 
like uh, unless they bring over Kyle Hayes but he's so effective on mm. especially in Crow Park he kind of goes up and down that left wing underneath say if they're playing down to the Davin up and, up and down that Cusick stand and a lot of times people don't kind of follow him I'm sure Sheffield will probably have a, a man to mark him this this weekend but I wouldn't I'd be probably slow to take him out of the centre and just nip him Colin Coughlin straight in centre back but um, usually you don't want to make too many changes um, to a team but Declan Hannon what Declan Hannon is is he, he's the guy that can the old school hover around centre back he lets Burns then go up a bit and do his shooting he lets Kyle Hayes go up and down because he's the one constant always there to cover the, the full back they, they do a lot of out balls the Limerick team they're probably the best team in the business are coming out with the ball in transition and he's there and you can't keep your eye off him either because he'll come up and hit the ball and run over the bar from from 70 yards so yeah no listen Hannon will be a huge loss but they have a good guy to come in and set him from, I saw Michael Dignan suggesting you know Limerick could, could throw a curve, curve ball and maybe throw Cian Lynch at 6 would allow Cahill O'Neill to go back in at 11 he was great off the bench in the Munster final like as well Like, but it may, as you say maybe it's too late in the day to make changes that drastic possibly is it? I think that's a bit drastic <laughs> like, that'd be a big one alright um, it wouldn't be one that he's you know it, like Keane Lynch will be if we talk about Declan Hannon staying back in the pocket mm. Keane Lynch I would imagine that natural draw of him to go up and put the ball <laughs> over the bar and uh, probably his genius is in his creative genius like mm. you know that he's hovering around he's able to open up a, a defence with, with a split ball if he's back trying to be disciplined and covering back like like half of a, a defender's job is running back towards his own goal to help out and to take balls back off opposition forward so probably oh, that's the, the ultimate it's Keith Lynch as a defender maybe a bit of creative genius in the half back line is, is exactly what they need yeah, yeah. You know? fresh enough oh, couldn't defend yeah. <laughs> <laughs> brain is going off it's a massive insult there <laughs> you couldn't possibly do it yeah no not for me no. the, uh, the Clare Kilkenny game then on Sunday um, it appears it was recorded reports today John Conlon and Dave McInerney are winning their their races they're expected to feature which is good news obviously for, for Clare fans That that's massive isn't it Like it could have been the turning point in the game Conlon and McInerney not being fit yeah, well, it probably was last year yeah. semi-final against Kilkenny Conlon out and Tony Kelly hit but kept by uh, Mikey Butler because Conlon is just in, like a half-back line whatever about defending he has to be the like, guy getting the ball into the forwards mm. and if you have a good forward line like Clare have at the moment what they need is ball the more ball they get, the better. The more damage will do. Mark Rogers in the corner, and Galvin in the corner. You know, Peter Duggan will cause chaos with the high balls coming in for the Shane Odons and that coming in. So I think John Connell is crucial because right, his man might score a couple of points, mm. but he's driving, driving, driving all day long. Plus, he's a spiritual leader of that clear team. If Lohan is the spiritual leader on the sideline, John Connell is definitely on the team. Tony Kelly will get the scores and he'll drive him from far line. But in the backs, people love a back that comes out with the ball and you know creates huge you know opportunities for the forwards and Conlon is definitely that man we've seen him in the first time when his brother's wedding the, the huge scenes after that win when uh, Conlon was brilliant but listen you know he'll have his work cut out like um, the half back line McInerney not sure why his injury was before the semi-final and a whole lot about it but, or the Munster final but the half back line is crucial for them like you go back to any all Ireland winning teams like the half back lines are the guys that stop the ball going into a good full forward line and they're the team that drive on getting the ball into their own forward line so you have Deirdre Moraine who was probably having one of the seasons of his life McInerney on the other side mm. and uh, Conlon in the middle if you're a half forward you know you're not going to be like marking any of them so 
I think it's it's huge for Clare that they, that they have John Connell and then the big one will be Tony Kelly versus Mikey Butler like you know um, can Mikey Butler do it twice in a row very difficult to do a huge challenge for him but listen if anyone can do it Mikey can um, Is it difficult to do it twice in a row? Ah, like, do you not have you not figured it out the first time? You figured it out, yeah. And as soon as you have something figured out, it's like golf. I don't play golf with here, lads. You think if it figured out, then it all goes. Same as snooker, Tommy. I know you play snooker as well. Same yeah. thing. You feel like once you've done it once, you can, you can do it, but it's not, it doesn't always be that simple, I suppose. Yeah, well, there's so many variables in hurling, especially like at least in maybe set piece games like that. Like you can maybe visualise and that, but that can happen in, in hurling. Like Tony runs one way, the ball breaks another way, suddenly you're, you know, but. Listen, Tony, oh, he scored 3-4 the last day. Like I said it there during the week, that, like if you score 3-4 in training, you'd expect Michael Lee Higgins to come down the helicopter <laughs> and <laughs> shake her hand. But, uh, you know, but amazing stuff like for him to be still doing it like at 29 or 30 years of age. So that'll be huge. But the one thing for Tony is the weekend, he's huge backup. If they do hold him, you know, Rogers is absolutely flying it in the corner. Shane O'Donnell is in the form of his life. You know, he's now scoring, you know, one, two or one, three the last day. He was, I thought, felt he fell into the trap the last couple of years before maybe last year of just, I'm the provider. I'll keep setting him up and um, score yourself if the opportunity is there. And I think Shane is doing that again this year. And mm. He had a, a massive couple of games now as well. And definitely Doug, I mean, if you have small players like Kelly and Rogers and Galvin, these lads, you need a few big lads to do to, to, to it up. And Davy Fitzgerald... He's an absolute rocket for a big man. Mm. Like, you know, he's six foot four, six foot five, but speed. You know, when he goes, he's gone, and he can set up opportunities then for the lads. So, listen, the, yeah, the pressure won't be on just Conlon and Tony Kelly clear of, of good forwards. We should before we let you go, Tommy. Get your your predictions. I know they're they're probably two difficult games to to call. Yeah, same as last year. Um, but how how you feel both are? Yeah, both sure. Are. The Kilkenny clear one. I'm going to go with James Skehills way of predicting things I think Kenny will win it because I really really want him to win wrong <laughs> <laughs> yeah. with that yeah, yeah, yeah. So, good logic <laughs> I liked it and uh, in the first semi-final then I think Limerick Limerick are the champions Des- deserve to be favourites and it'll take a great team to stop them they have the four week break um, said it time and time again freshness is crucial when you're champions mm. they've had four weeks now to freshen up they've Keen Lynch now to come back in you know off of you'd imagine he'd be picked Sunday and be raring to go Hegarty hasn't been going particularly well Tom Morris and Galan were probably the main guys for the last couple of months really driving that team on uh, Dermot Burns but yeah I think Limerick will um, they will just um, paper on Saturday Limerick the Kenny final Heard it here first. Yeah, go again. Exactly. We'll, we'll chat to you again before the before the final day. Tommy, thanks for yeah. for popping in as always. A pleasure. Thanks for for being with us. OTB AM, the Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball.